here friends it's carly and welcome to the i learned podcast yet again here we are we meet again in this beautiful space that we all can can just let out a big exhale and settle into our seats when we get here because we're safe we're safe to be our authentic self we're safe to ask questions and wonder about who we are on a deeper level and we're allowed to update our belief systems and the way we think and the way we choose to focus and the boundaries that we have in our lives we're allowed to to do whatever we want within the space of our life you know like we're free and that was a big topic in my journaling this morning was this freedom that I've, I'm going to say that I've focused myself into because I believe that this freedom that I'm currently floating in exists all the time. It's like, you know, if your house has a swimming pool, it's out there all the time. You're not always in it, but you always have it. It's always there for you to go get in it. And (laughs) I guess like lately, I mean, I've been, I'll have to like do a video at some point of this, this exercise. It's like an energetic exercise. And I hold this visual of this like big, heavy, bulky coat that I'm wearing. And it's really constricting and it's really heavy. And while I got it on, it's hot and it's uncomfortable and I can't really move like I want to. And it just is not, it's upsetting my apple cart. It's putting me out of balance to be wearing this coat. I don't actually want to wear the coat, but I feel like I need to wear the coat because, you know, insert reason here, that's a whole nother conversation, but I got the coat on. And so I've been doing this energetic exercise where I picture this coat on me and I use my hands and I actually go through the motion of like picking up this heavy coat and picking it up off my shoulders and dropping it to the ground and then letting my shoulders come back down and feeling the absence of the heavy coat. And there, most of the time when I do this, I, I usually take off the coat about four or five times because you know, our, this is our imagination and it's, it's, an, it's an exercise, right? Just like if you're trying to build your biceps, you're doing curls, you're doing bench presses, you're doing all these things because you're trying to build up this muscle. And this is like that. This is an exercise to build up your freedom muscle. You know, like I think it's really easy when we're physical to believe that those outside circumstances or what's going on in your life, that that is what gives you permission to feel free or not. So if you don't have enough money or, you know, you haven't met your partner yet, or you're still renting and you really want to buy a house. And I mean, there's a million different things that we could be at any life stage and be wanting to go to the next one. Um, that's just part of the evolution of our lives. Um, I lost my train of thought, but I, I think I got it still. Yeah, it's easy to think that those external factors are why you feel free. I think a lot of people, you know, who, 
Well, I, I, I think it gets hard to talk like that when I'm like, everybody else. I'm like, I need to tell my own story so that I can stay grounded in what I know. Because what I know is what I've experienced in my own resistance, in my own limitation, in my own barking up the wrong tree. Um, you know, for me personally, I think money used to be really at the center of what I thought freedom was. Um, that's why when I was graduating from college, I had this intention that I'm going to cast a wide net and I'm going to look for jobs all over the country and find the best one that I can. And I'm going to go there wherever that is and start a life for myself. And I graduated from college in 2000, in like May of 2009. And so that was like right after the recession the year before, or that had started the year before and was very much in the midst of that. And so I found, um, you know, I cast my wide net and I pull it up and I examine my catch and I'm like, okay, so I have a couple of grain merchandising positions in Iowa and that's about it. That's like, that's basically what I came up with. And those jobs, they paid like $32,000 a year. And I'm like, I can tell you right now, I'm not moving to the middle of Iowa. No offense, Iowa, basically the same places where I live now in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. I'm not going to go there for $32,000 a year and do something that doesn't sound like any fun to me whatsoever. So I kept my options open thinking something's going to fall into place. And I got the opportunity to stay and do a master's degree in basically the same line of study and got a fellowship. So they paid me to basically covering the cost of my living expenses while I did this master's degree. Um, so I, I made like $19,500 a year is what I got paid to do my master's degree. So that was that first opportunity that felt really abundant. I was like, wow, I mean, I get to stay and learn and keep going to school and you're going to pay me to do that. That felt like that $19,000 felt like more money than I could have ever imagined, um, to get paid to learn. It was such a cool idea. And when I finished that degree, it's now 2011. And I basically used my same method of, I'm going to cast a really wide net and see what happens. And I came up with several options. Um, but only one in Dallas, which just immediately sounded like a hell yes. Um, as far as like, it's warm and it's a city and lots of culture, lots of international and diversity and like all of, all of those kinds of things. Like I wanted options. I wanted lots and lots and lots of options wherever I went. And so Dallas, like with the climate was really awesome for that. Plus it was the highest paying opportunity and the way they described the position, it was like there was access to climbing the ladder and like move moving up in the company and making more money as you did that. And so I was like sold and I'm really glad that it all worked out the way it did because about two weeks later, I got a job offer from an interview that I had done where like I did the interview around the same time as I did all the other interviews. They just took way longer going through their process and didn't get back to me until way later. And I had already accepted the Dallas job at that time. And I'm really glad that it worked out that way because the 
job offer that came in last was like an extra 20 grand a year to start and but a much slower climb on the ladder and and it was in wichita kansas and so i was like wow i'm really glad that i didn't even have to make that choice of like which one am i going to go with because it would have been harder to pick the 20 grand less but i'm really glad i did i think it was absolutely the perfect decision anywho um i don't know why am i even telling this story does, does that ever happen to you where you're just like going along you're like wait what's going on what's happening i don't really know i don't know freedom we're talking about freedom and money and so while i'm in dallas um at that job that again it felt like abundance it felt like a really good offer to start if i mean within five and a half years i was making over six figures and or i would guess i was making six figures and that's that's great like there are people who started when I started who are still there, still doing it. And I left, gosh, like five years ago now, almost five years ago. It'll be five years in December. Um, and so I can't even imagine what they're making at this point um, where they've been there for like 10 years. And there was serious money there at that company. And I was making a good big chunk of it. And it was so hollow and that money was not even the vacations that it allowed and the spending, the discretionary spending that it allowed, like none of that translated with any real meaning into me feeling better or me feeling free of my shit, my depression, my, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Like it didn't translate to spiritual freedom at all. The money just didn't. And that's one of those things that <laughs> I feel like it's easy for me to say like, Hey guys, don't chase money because it's not the end all be all because I've, I've manifested money and I know what it's like to at least have like a decent little chunk, at least more than you need, way more than you need. Um, I know what that's like and I know that it it didn't do it for me. You know, like I was pretty lost still. I I didn't have any meaning in my life and but I had money. And I'm like, "Well, that's great, but I still am contemplating suicide. Now I have a big pile of money and I'm contemplating suicide." So like, what the fuck's the point of the money? So like, that's easy for me to say because I've had the experience and I I've grown to understand that I'm obviously seeking something different. Money isn't it. Money wasn't the real freedom. Money wasn't the real power that I that I thought it was, that I was taught it was, like however you want to look at it. That that programming when we land here, I mean, especially in the US where like capitalism is everything, you know, that's a very different podcast. Um, but we're taught that like you work hard, you make a good living, you invest in your retirement. You give to charity. Yeah, that's what you do. Like it's it's literally all about the money and very little I feel like as far as an emphasis on like what about what my soul wants? What about this calling that I can't shake off? What about this sense that like I'm supposed to have a purpose? I'm supposed to be doing something that matters. I can hear this reminder over and over and over again, like, like when you walk into a room and you forgot while you were there, 
you know, and you're walking into rooms all day long, every day. And there's this nagging, like you're supposed to be doing something. There's something you meant to do. Don't you think you should get around to doing that? That's kind of why we came here. Like that, that thought is just going on in my soul, like all of the time, like not in a judgmental way, not in a way where it's trying to hurry me along, but in a way where that's all it thinks about. It doesn't care about any, anything else, nothing about money, nothing about like any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, but this is also a really fun, um, basis for what I drew out of the mermaid jar. <sighs> that damn mermaid jar. It's, it's, it's so good. Um, because it, it seems to be bringing me to things that I think a lot about, but I don't talk a lot about. I don't, I don't usually like go there because it feels, I mean, insert reason here feels lots of things. It feels, um, too big to handle is how I feel about this topic that I want to, that I want to try to wrap my mind around well enough to translate it for you. Um, and again, it comes out of the solar return reading that I had with Duncan. Let me, let me settle here for a second. So this is another topic that comes out of that solar return reading that I had with Duncan, where Duncan is an evolutionary astrologer and he is focused into the evolutionary purpose of each zodiac sign, of each planet, of each house on the natal chart wheel. All of it has information about what your soul's evolutionary purpose was that you came while the planets were as they were. So one of those, uh, such planets or not, I guess that's now debatable Pluto. It's like a mini planet or whatever they call it. I don't know the right name for it. Um, so Pluto is what I drew out of my jar out of my mermaid jar. And actually it, uh, I really had to fish around in there to find one that felt like the right one. And then I selected it and I picked it out and I start to unfold it and it came apart. It's two, it's two papers and they're very tightly together. And so, I mean, I didn't do that to any of them. They were all just individuals. Um, and so somehow they got hooked up in there and then I plucked them out for today's talk. And the, the one is Pluto and the second one is anger, which we have already spent a decent little chunk on anger and what that emotion means when it pops its little head up. Um, so I thought it was really interesting that Pluto and anger both tied themselves together and are wanting to come forward in this episode because Pluto is what I've been really thinking about. I would say it's probably, I don't know if like it's the most powerful, it's definitely taking me the longest to like wrap my mind around what this means and the repercussions of it and the levels of it and 
just it's it's big is how it feels in my awareness and so i've been like sorting through it for gosh like three weeks now i think since i had that reading with him um so pluto pluto is is uh equivalent to our soul in evolutionary astrology so like everything that i'm going to talk about as far as like pluto and all of this that going forward just know it's under the basis of this is the evolutionary perspective on Pluto. And within astrology, there are lots of different perspectives. Evolutionary is only one perspective. Um, so keep that in mind. If this doesn't exactly match something that you've seen, or if when you go to do your research, you find something different, this could be, uh, could be the explanation for that evolutionary astrology. So Pluto is equivalent with our soul and (sighs) this is where it gets big because when you start talking about the nature of our soul, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bit to try to translate through this mechanism that I've, I've established where I talk on these episodes. Um, it's really fun because it feels like especially these last like 10 days. I mean, I've only skipped one day and by no means am I like working towards a goal of recording every day, but like, that's not what I'm doing. It just feels really good. It feels like a natural fit into my process and the unfolding of my day. It, it feels really nice to get to come in here and make these episodes. Um, so I'm doing it. I, I don't think it's going to last forever, the streak of recording basically every day, but while it does, I'll take full advantage of it. Um, So anyways, Pluto is our soul, and our soul has two guiding desires, and there's only two. There's separating from source, and there's merging with source and thankfully fortunately to the benefit of the universe at large one of these desires is slightly stronger than the other Um, our desire to merge with source is guiding us it is at the basis of who we are and only slightly less powerful is our desire to separate from source and when you put that into the context of like everything that we've been talking about with abraham it makes total sense because she says the basis of the universe is expansion and how would source expand if we didn't separate ourselves from source and create that expansion and then again merge with source and then separate from source and create expansion and then merge together with source and then separate from source and create expansion. So that's the cycle. And Pluto talks about what, like what's the nature of your soul? Basically like what are your separating desires related to? And that concept of separating separating desires, like the desire to separate from source. That is really what I've been, I've been looping around. Um, like 
when you when you listen to Abraham, there are people that'll get in the hot seat and they'll be like, how do I just get in the vortex and just stay there all the time? And like, you know, that's that's their goal is that they just want to feel good and they don't ever want to feel bad. And Abraham obviously like climbs their tree and is like, dude, the point of the universe is expansion. So you're going to have to have contrast. You're going to have to get out of the vortex so that you can go back in because really the best part of the vortex is going in, is clicking into that feeling place of I am worthy. I am good. I am an extension of source energy. That feels really amazing when you click into it and how good it feels. It it kind of fades over time. And that's why contrast comes along and yanks us out of our vortex so that we can get back into it and feel the full power of our being once again. Because if we just stayed at that constant, happy, high, blissful frequency, it's actually very boring. And that's what it's like to be non-physical. So like in between our lifetimes, we merge back with source fully and we get bored like in that all knowing all all connected like perfectly loving unconditional allowing whatever will be will be like in that place like yeah it's easy yeah it's happy yeah it's blissful but it's again very boring and there's no progress there's no expansion happening there expansion is only happening here in the physical where we can act out our separating desires so this whole concept of separating desires it feels like it fits just seamlessly with everything that abraham has been talking about um because i think separating desires another word for it is contrast you know we feel like we need to do this because we need to do this. And that example for me was making money. I needed to do this. I needed to, to make a big salary. I needed to save a lot of money. I needed to, you know, yeah, that's, that's what I needed to do. And because of that, I put up with a lot at my job and from my bosses and, you know, it is what it is now. It, there's, I mean, no point in rehashing like how it could have been different. It was what it was. And in the end, it did serve me. You know, it's hard to say that it didn't because because of that money that I saved, I was able to take time off and find myself and devote myself to what my soul wants. Like I'm no longer using how big is the salary to guide me in how I choose opportunities. I want to know how fulfilled will my soul be if I do that? And if the answer is very, then I'm all in. And if the answer is not at all, then I got no time for that. I don't care how big the paycheck is. And I only know that because I lived through the separating desire of being guided by money. So I guess like, I don't, I'm reaching for like, what is my point here with all of this? Because I guess a couple things. One is that there is nothing wrong. And I'm speaking to myself right now, just as much as anybody else who would ever beat themselves up over, you know, having priorities earlier that later when they know more, they would have different priorities. Like, of course, like you did the best you could with where you were and what you had. And 
your soul absolutely had to live through that. That was a necessary part of creating your foundation for your soul to do what it wants to do in this lifetime. Those separating desires, they're not wasted time. They're not distractions. They're not leading us astray. They're actually laying the groundwork for the real ta-da moment of what our soul came forward for. Because I think about it, you know, and this is all brand new, Hello Talk Therapy, um, bringing it out into the light and letting it unfold so that I can see it better. Um, I totally lost my train of thought because this popped into my head just now that like bringing it out into the light where I can see it better so it can unfold and I can understand it and, you know, like let it, let it have some space and some awareness. Um, that is absolutely a concept that I get from Brene Brown, uh, where I think she's specifically talking about shame and how shame can't survive if we bring it out into the light. If shame only thrives in darkness where we keep it to ourselves and if we bring it out into the light where it can be met with love and understanding and empathy and compassion and it it's transformative and shame can't survive that. And so yeah, like bringing bringing our stuff out into the light where we can see it better. Whether that is in your personal journal where it's just private to you or you have your own podcast or you have your own friend where you're able to really like do some soul level conversations, just have it, just have that space where you feel totally free to express, to express whatever is there, to, to allow that information to come forward. Um, yeah. So separating desires, they, this is where I think it's really interesting that anger was tacked in to Pluto in my mermaid jar, uh, where it would bring that back into this conversation because like we've said, I mean, anger's really yummy. It has a lot of valuable data. When we get mad, there is a, there's actually like a, like a whole combination of energies and emotions that create anger. Like it's not just its own thing. I think there's like a, a coming together of two parts of ourselves and they are ready to have it out. And that's what it is, is like there's two parts of ourselves at least. But in usually in the case of anger, just like two particular pieces where, you know, one side of us has allowed something to manifest in our life that that side of us is comfortable with and that side of us, you know, that's our old self. That's the, the old programming and old patterns that we were taught and that we're working to outgrow and let go of like that side of ourselves is manifesting things in our life because they don't know. My old self doesn't know how to cope and how to stand up for herself and how to assert what she wants and how to stand up for her boundaries and how to blah, 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 blah. Like all the things that I'm practicing and learning, I still have my old self who doesn't know any of those things. And that old momentum, those old things, they're still somewhat present. And so they're still somewhat time to time attracting circumstances into my life. 
like the situation the other morning with the employee who no call, no showed for her shift. And that, that moment when we get angry, it's like, it's such a beautiful thing because it means that the other side of ourselves, the side where we're practicing to become a new person, to become new behavior and new patterns of reacting to life and what's going on around us and to ourselves. Um, Oh my gosh. Hey, no. What are you doing? Scooby. She was really getting that bed. Um, (laughs) Going back to like the emotional intelligence episode and the other one where we come back to anger and that quote from the report that says anger is there to help us overcome adversity, bias, and prejudice or injustice. I think prejudice and injustice go, they both would fit right in there. So it's like, we're not getting what we deserve right? Like that's what's happening when we're the victim of bias or injustice or unfairness. Like when we look at our life and say, this isn't fair, my life should be better than this. And it makes us angry. That is such a good thing because that means that there is a part of us that knows our worth. There's a part of us that knows well enough what we deserve, that they're willing to stand up for us. They're willing to not just take this whatever it is that's being dished out in this moment. They're willing to put an end to it, to make a stand for themselves, to rock the boat if that's what needs to happen. Um, That anger is really our best friend. Like it's, if we don't check it, if we don't have like a proper understanding and way to channel that and create effective change as a result of our anger. Like if we just keep going back into the same situation over and over and over again, eventually we explode. Like literally you just like snap and do something fucking crazy. There's shows all over the ID channel that show you people that like just didn't deal with their shit as it was coming up. And they just kept, kept doing whatever it was that they were doing and kept getting madder and madder and madder and madder and madder. And then they snap. And that's, I, I totally get it. Like when that anger comes up, it's because you are, you're getting a bad deal here. You Mm -hmm. could be, you could be getting a better deal. You deserve a better deal. One is available to you and you are not choosing it. And the anger is to help you make the shift to choose the better thing because Yeah. Like shifting out of those old patterns isn't always easy. Stepping into our new self where we realize that we deserve better than what we were getting before. Like that isn't always easy, but it's, it's always going to be a part of the process, right? Like we can't stay where we are and move into the new place all at the same time. And for some of us letting go of our current reality to move into a new one. Some of us that's easier than others. And some of us are more sentimental towards the past than others. I mean, there's a whole host of reasons why you may or may not be good at like moving towards your new self. And anytime you're stuck, typically your anger will help you move towards your new self. So 
it is interesting to see anger tied to Pluto, where Pluto is all about our soul and our soul's reason for coming forth into this life and the separating desires that we we held them strongly enough that we created a life where we could act them out, where we could act out our separating desires, where we had good reason for wanting to step away from source and wanting to get back into this physical plane where we meet resistance, where we have contrast. It's not just a straight, you know, short line between I want the thing and here's the thing, but it is that simple. It's, I mean, we're that powerful when it comes to creating the life that we want. And so Pluto is, it's a really, I don't think I ever connected with it before I heard the evolutionary perspective description of Pluto and these separating desires, these, these things that we feel like we need to act out so that we can get over them, where we can't just take somebody's word for it that that's the right way to go and that's the easy way to go and that's how we should do it. Like we kind of got to make mistakes for ourselves. <laughs> you know, if you're one of those people, I know I am where I just, you know, as I feel like, especially when it came to love and relationships and whatnot, like I absolutely had to make my own mistakes. I, my mom tried to tell me, she tried to point out the ones that weren't going to be good for me in the end. And I didn't listen. And if anything, I just resented her for trying to tell me what to do. And then of course, like, you know, it, she's right. And she's able to pick them because she has that experience and she was only trying to help. And I resented her for that because my separating desire said, no, I'm I'm doing this. I need to do this. And every single, you know, every single mistake, quote unquote, I've ever made falls into that category of a separating desire where I wanted to experience that. My soul wanted to experience that. And the outcome was what it was. And I got to learn from that and integrate whatever work I was doing around that subject. Um, but it, it wasn't a mistake like how we normally think of mistakes like with the negative connotation around it saying like, I shouldn't have done that. Oh my God. Like I wasted my time. I hear, I hear that a lot from, from people that I work with and that I meet in my, you know, whatever, when I'm doing it is like when they finally get to a place where they feel good and they feel like they're merging with their inner being, with their soul. And then they're sad because it took them so long to get there. And I think this, this idea of separating, separating desires, I, we need that time. We need the basis. Like our soul came forward to live its purpose. Yes. But nobody said that there weren't going to be stages to what it looks like to live your purpose because there is so much that goes into the foundation that I think a lot of times, like we, we don't recognize that this is actually doing the work. This is actually setting us up for being able to do what we're going to do later on. And there are so many things that, that I've done that I would like lump into the category of mistakes that are like flashing through my mind right now that I'm like forgiving because now they're just separating desires. Those were, 
those were the pieces of paneling that I put into my into my foundation. Those were the two by fours. Those were the the nails and the all of it, all of it, how it fits together to create this platform. And none of that is my soul's purpose per se, but it absolutely had to happen so that now I have the platform to build what my soul came here to build. So it absolutely is part of it. And still, I think, you know, once we get into this place of feeling really good and feeling like we're merging with our soul and that we're, we're headed in the right direction of doing what we want to do, there are still separating desires. There are still things that I want to experience. I want to do that. And like one of them, um, this is a good example, van life. So like to live in a school bus or a van of some si- some sort, a camper, uh, and live on the road and just like drive around the U.S. or wherever. I got a passport. Um, and just go wherever you want and live like that for a while. And that is a separating desire for sure. Like I can't get it out of my mind. It, I really want to do that. And I've even manifested some like posts on Instagram or whatever, where they're talking about like, here are the things that we wish we knew before van life. And they're like listing out, you know, all the things like you'd be amazed at how often you're pooping outside and food and gas actually add up to a lot of money. And all of these things that are like, it's really not as glamorous of a lifestyle as you might be making it out to be. And even with those like warnings or cautions or whatever they're supposed to be, um, reality checks, maybe even with all of that, I still want to do it. I still want to have my own experience of it. Um, I don't know why, because I feel drawn to do it. And that's just it. Like when we live out our separating desires, it, it leads us on a path where so many things will unfold. Like, okay, here's one. Like I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I know for a fact that that is one of my separating desires and I have a very interesting relationship with this one. I feel like I could talk on and on about entrepreneurship Um, because for so long, you know, I manifested Cecil K as my first business when I was 27, 28, 29, hard to say, right in there. And until then I had only ever had a job. I had never had my own business venture and I absolutely had a rose colored glasses view of entrepreneurship and now living it though, for the last like five years, um, I, I feel like I've, I've found my own place in it. I, I, I'm both like living this separating desire, but I'm also merging with my source at the same time, like merging with my inner being in this place of walking this path of this separating, separating desire. Um, it just, it calls me, it calls me forward and I can't not go. I, I have a business mind. I make business and (laughs) that sounds like something a caveman would say, like I make business it, but it's so true. I make business like in my mind without even meaning to, the opportunities and the ideas and the expansion and the, the logistics and all of the pieces, like it just comes together without me really doing it. It just happens. And those are separating desires because 
I tell you what, it is not nearly as cool to like actually be the CEO of a company as it is to like dream about it. Um, at least not when there's other people in your company. <laughs> That's it just creates contrast. It's it's like a whole bucket of contrasting experiences trying to run a company where like, you know, my company uh, is like 30 people at this point. And I share the responsibility of running it with multiple other people and I am more than happy to do so. And going back to the coats that I take off, I take off my Cecil K's coat all the freaking time. Um, and I practice like taking off that responsibility all the time because my separating desire led me into this place of living something, living, being tied to this company of 30 people. And I realized like, wow, that is not what I thought it was going to be. Again, I thought when, when you're the boss, like there's, there's a freedom behind that. There's a, there's an essence there that I was reaching for that once again, the title and the manifestation were hollow. Like this is just a pile of work. It's not, it's not the treasure that I thought it was that I was actually seeking. And this morning in my, in my journal, uh, I wrote for like three pages of gratitude, just about this podcast, this, um, this podcast feels like, like a desire to merge with source, not separate. Like, I feel like I do have to merge with my source. I have to relax. I have to align. I have to set the stage and get myself ready to flow and translate this energy. And it is source energy. It is my soul's energy, wherever it's coming from. And I love doing this. I, I absolutely love getting to record these episodes. It feels nurturing and like my soul's path in a way that is so much easier and yet more like so much more powerful than anything I've ever created. I, I just open myself up and, and allow these episodes to record themselves. And I feel very much like I am the vessel allowing this energetic space to come forward and present itself. And that my, my function is just to hold the bubble of energy where we all get to sit in here together and explore why did our soul come here? Why are we physical? Why, 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 why? <laughs> Spoken like a classic Gemini, true Gemini. Um, yeah, that's, well, and that's, you know, my, my Gemini, my Mercury, my intellect, my curiosity and wanting to learn and wanting to share information. Like all of that is so dominant. And I was, I was on, um, this app that I have this morning, uh, called Astro Matrix. And there is a paid version where you can get some more stuff, but the free version is like so full of so many awesome things. Um, and so I only have the free version. Highly recommend if you're at all into astrology because their explanations are so good and there's so much detail that you can go into and they give you like push notifications. So like today, a new aspect started for me based on, you know, the planets and where they all are in the sky right now. They're all always talking to my natal planets or where the planets were when I was born. And this is true, obviously, for all of us. 
And so they do push notifications to like alert you that there's new there's new aspects at play. The moon is now in Gemini. That's the one I got this morning. Um, and I clicked in there and because I read the moon is in Gemini and I scrolled down a little bit and I found this thing for your moon's aspects. And I click into this article that's talking about the relationship between my moon and Mercury. And basically our moon is our like soul's needs, our, our, energy, our gas tank, our emotional care and fulfillment. Um, I got Stella snoring in the corner. It's really nice. Um, so yeah, like we manage our emotional energy, hopefully on a daily basis, we give in to that side of ourselves because there's uh, energy replenishment in hooking up with that energy. And our mercury is our mind and our curiosity and the way that we think and the way that we talk and just all of that, the the way that we engage with the world and others and the way that we are inside of our own minds even. And so I have this relationship between my mercury and my moon where basically I am, I'm an eternal student. I'm like a sponge and I like soaking up new things and I really like sharing what I've learned. And because my moon is involved, it literally fills my gas tank (laughs) to get to come in here and tell these stories and record these episodes. And it feels like walking my soul's path to even get to talk on this episode and going full circle with like living our separating desires. Like I'm really glad that I did get my notions of money, like getting my head on right with that and getting that situated. Like I needed to live through the experience of having an abundance of money so that I could see that like just how empty it really is so that I can really focus and align myself with truly what I want. Like, what is it that I really want? And this, (laughs) I want to merge with source. I want to align with my soul. I want to do what I came here to do. And this podcast is such a delicious, I mean, I don't even think I know yet how it's going to fit in with everything else, with everything else that's going on. All I know is it's, it's an invaluable piece of my balancing act of managing my energy because I mean, I go to my process in the morning and I do my journaling and I allow my awareness to open and see what's in there. And I take in new content and I just let myself feel as good as I can feel. And I reach for things that I know feel good to try to get myself to move in that direction. And for the last 10 days, (laughs) it's that good feeling direction has led me here pretty, pretty faithfully, pretty religiously at this point. Um, you know, this might be the closest thing that I've ever had to a religion. I don't, religion is like a set of, a set of, I did a whole thing on this a while back of like religion versus spirituality and like religion is an agreed upon set of principles that constitute a certain outcome, um, basically. And so like people gather around religion and spirituality is more an individual approach. It's an individual alignment with 
your personal soul and what that soul mission is. It's, it's not something where there's a one size fits all set of rules. We're all here to do something different. So we have to find what that is for ourselves. And, you know, there's, so I drew a few tarot cards and, uh, I actually drew three, but I'm going to read you one because this one, it resonated in an interesting way because the card itself is kind of giving advice, but at the same time, I feel like this is what I'm trying to, to say as far as creating that balance of what is, what is going to work for your unique soul and your unique energy. Um, so this card is the two of pentacles again in the Lightseers deck. I'll post a picture of it on the Instagram the keywords are a need to balance many aspects of self, juggling obligations, equilibrium, and seeking harmony. With all those roles and responsibilities that you've been juggling, you may be feeling a little imbalanced. Busy much? Maybe your calendar is totally overbooked and you're feeling the stress of being stretched in too many different directions. You may be feeling the need to better balance dualities or opposing aspects of your life, like your alone time versus your time with others, or your material life versus your spiritual life, etc. Make sure you aren't investing too many resources in one area at the expense of another, especially when both are equally as important. Even though this card suggests that you're likely able to manage it all, do you desire this much juggling? Put some of your precious energy into creating a balance that you absolutely love, one that will allow you time to work, play, love, and create. This equilibrium will not take from your reserves of energy, but will add to it. I create an equi equilibrium in my life that allows me to be my best self. And that, I mean, I, again, I'm like, yes, exactly like that, um, I do juggle quite a few different aspects, um, but that's because I like it and I'm only juggling the things that are bringing joy to my soul. I am under no obligation to introduce any new balls into what I'm juggling or plates or however you want to think about it. That's really the key, you know, like how much is it that you want to juggle, that you want to engage and what is it that you want to engage with and pay attention to, to what's calling you. What is that underlying message of, don't you want to do this? Like, aren't, didn't you come here for this? Aren't we supposed to be getting on with this? Like, <laughs> you know, that haunting almost that incessant pull, that feeling like I've entered the room because I came in here for something and I can't remember what it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's a joy to get to figure it out. It's, it's part of laying our own personal foundation, our own personal platform. Like we talked about all those separating desires that we have to act out because we need to, we need to learn those lessons for ourselves. That all goes into that foundation and allows us to do what we came here to do. And obviously there's going to be moments of contrast where we're being introduced to something new or a new way of looking at something or, or we're having a moment of anger when we're being shown 
we're not living the life that we deserve. And actually we're the ones that are preventing ourselves from going there by the choices that we're making on what we allow in our life. You know, like so often anger is a matter of feeling disempowered and feeling like someone else has power over you. And I mean, the basis of what I believe is that that's never true. And we are each sovereign. We each have power fully over ourselves. And the only time anyone can ever have power over us is when we've given it to them. So we can take that power back at any time. And anger is usually a very helpful aid in getting us to the point where we can say, oh my God, fuck you. Like, give me my power back. I'm done doing this. I'm done. And I'm walking away and I feel great about it. And those moments of anger, even though they can get a little bit messy, oh my gosh, they are so powerful. They are transformative. They are turning points in our lives as far as like before and after, before we were willing to stand up for ourselves and after when we really knew what we deserved and were willing to go for it. They're defining those moments of anger. Look at, you know, when, when you think about anger, what makes you angry? What, when you try to remember back to something that like it can happen in an instant, especially the things that happen in an instant when it's just like one little thing, one little phrase and the anger just like look for those. And when they come up, ask yourself, how can I take my power back in this situation? How might I be giving away my power right now? Because I know that's the basis of anger is that I'm mad at them because I'm not holding on to my power. I'm giving it to them. So where is it and how can I get it back? And with that clarity, oh my goodness, like anger becomes something that you look forward to because so often we're only allowing these things that don't work for us because we're in a pattern. We're in an unconscious autopilot type state and anger wakes us up. Anger says, what are you doing? you know, we deserve better than this. Why are you still putting up with this bullshit? And anger smacks us in the face and says, let's get to it. (laughs) So again, it's like your best friend. So I, I don't know how all of this fit together. Um, it may or may not have fit together, but it definitely came out together. So as far as my practice of flowing the energy and taking whatever it has to offer, I'd say mission complete on this, this separating desire to get out here in this territory and record episode 42 of the I Learned podcast. And as you've heard, this podcast is absolutely one of my favorite things in my life right now. And all of you who are listening, I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for sharing this space with me and for showing up to this space where we are all safe to be our authentic self. I know that I've I've never really felt anything quite like it and I appreciate you for sharing it with me. So, until next time, you take good care of yourself and so will I. <laughs>